0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you been exploring your spirituality and learning more about yourself? And now you're ready to take bold, positive action. Are you seeking clarity about what is really blocking you from your greatest potential? Do you feel like you're so close to a breakthrough but you can't figure out why you continue to feel stuck at the same level? Join us now for Real Talk with Joyce and Jennifer, two transformational coaches who are eager to share all they've learned over the many years they've each been working with clients, helping them create the life they want. Joyce and Jennifer both have extensive, diverse backgrounds in the art of conscious transformation, and they are here to help you. So tune in now for the insight and tools you need to consciously live, work, and play. So that you can live the life you most deeply long to experience.
2: Hi, it's Joyce here. Welcome to Real Talk with Joyce and Jennifer. I'm a transformational coach, life purpose facilitator, and retreat leader who guides women to find clarity and purpose in times of transition, change, loss, and transformation. So that they can live their most authentic and courageous life.
1: Hey, everybody, it's Jennifer, and I'm also a transformational coach, facilitator, and consultant, which means I transform the mentality of leaders so that their entire staff and corporate culture can shift toward higher purpose. But most importantly, I'm a mom. And if you've been listening to any of our shows, you'll know that I talk more about that than my career. <laughs> <laughs> For example, Joyce, um, you know, since we opened the show with current events, I have been so fired up this week. And, you know, we've all been reeling, reeling from another major school shooting in Florida. I think you'd have to live under a rock not to know that, right? Uh, and it's ripped yeah. our hearts apart again. <clears throat> you know, and I you know I talk about this cuz yeah. I'm so passionate about it. But as a result, as a result, I have to admit, I put some pretty bold posts out on social media <laughs> demanding mm. common sense gun laws. And I know that my perceivably threatening words in these posts <laughs> seem to be the antithesis of today's topic about love. But honestly, in the depths of my heart, I feel as though it is my job as a parent to protect my children. I'm not suggesting that people don't love their children if they don't fight for gun law reform, but I do ask that people refrain from judging me if I get a little crazy about it. <laughs> you know, I mean I basically took the bold position of saying if if you literally after all of this atrocity still oppose common sense gun laws, The blood of parish children is on your hands and your soul will never know peace. And I just feel very strongly that that's Mm -hmm. true. It is literal insanity that we are living with these types of decisions uh, in our laws today. So uh, anyway, I do get a little crazy about it. I'm passionate about it. And my kids are on break this week, so my daughter and I went for a long walk yesterday, and I I really love it when we get really good quality one-on-one time with each of my kids. And my son and I got a lot of time together last weekend. But anyway, she and I are walking along, and and she gets kind of teary-eyed and says, why is our society so horrible right now? It's making me feel like I don't like anyone anymore. (laughs) And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, gosh, isn't that the sentiment of so many of us? But she's 13. And so I said, why do you say that? And she said, because absolutely no one is doing anything about guns. All these kids keep dying and no one is doing a thing about it. And she was as fired up as me and I could see, you know, she takes after me clearly. Um, and that's when it hit me. I'm passionately advocating for common sense gun laws for this reason. My kids should feel safe every day when they go to school. Every child should. And I was able to say to her. Honey, I'm sorry. It's a slow process getting things done, but I am actively working on it. I am not sitting around waiting idly while someone else makes these stupid decisions. I'm a strategist for an advocacy group trying to push this through. I am passionately pushing this issue out on social media. I am talking about it on my radio show. I will continue to do everything in my power to get this done, and I think you should too. Write your legislator. You have a lot of power as a near 14-year-old. And, of course, to that she says, I already have. (laughs) Like mother, like daughter. Um, but I have to be able to tell my kids that I'm not going to allow this to continue. Not on my watch as their mother. So i just decided if someone doesn't like my post, they can kiss my butt. I'm not trying to win a popularity contest here. And their opinion of me means little to nothing compared to the mama bear inside me who will stop at nothing to protect her children. So there is my very predictable weekly rant, Joyce.
2: <laughs> mm. Mm. I hear it. I hear it. You know me. <laughs> I'm
1: going to give you my weekly rant. So there it was. Anyway, I have no idea if you have yeah. anything to add, but it's really frustrating. Well, not
2: a whole lot, but I what I do have to add is, you know, maybe these times require us to get a little crazy because being passive has done nothing, as you've said, no change. So, I mean, I think we have to keep – all of us who believe in this issue have to keep hitting hard to the legislator's. Whatever way we can, it doesn't matter. We need to march. We need to do whatever we can because you just can't let this continue to happen. And if we mm-hmm. are quiet again, there's going to be another one. And so, um, I don't know. That's my feelings Just push forward, push forward and try to yeah. get change in a, yeah. a, around the a very hard subject that um, is patriarchal. And, you know, those guns, they have to have guns in their house. They have to have guns. And so. Anyway, I'm, I'm actually not against having guns, but not, you know, certainly not at the level of what these kids are carrying around or anybody has access to on the street. So uh, easy access. That's, that's the problem. Easy access, easy access. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, welcome again. And our today our topic for the show is the many faces of love just the opposite of of all the stuff that's happening in the world so you know for me this is a very difficult subject uh, for me to think about and speak about at this time but it you know it's absolutely totally necessary I have to speak about love even though we're in a world that doesn't feel like there's love in it there is love in it but it's we got to stand up for more love so I like most everyone and everything I know is undergoing a profound internal metamorphosis on the planet earth. Our past life patterns and beliefs and old systems are not sustainable. And if anyone doesn't understand that, there is, it is not sustainable. Absolutely into, into that. That's the end of all I can say. It's not sustainable. Most of everything that we're doing that's old. We experience this destructive thinking and behavior every day with the activities that are happening in our world. But we are also experiencing an opening of deep love that is bubbling up from our essence, our soul, our God self, our consciousness, whatever one, whatever each person feels is their essence that feel comfortable in in making that yours. All of this is mine to call it. So it is my experience that during the process, Many of us are gaining access to a higher frequency that really needs to be integrated with all levels of our self. And we are all at different levels of consciousness, but we are all evolving as we are leaving we leaving the planet. So those, to me, are the options. So a lot of people are passing over and uh, young and old and in between. Um, you must evolve there's just no other way to do it or you cannot Mm -hmm. you know the the planet earth with what we're trying to evolve to it won't be it won't be you won't be capable to be in that vibration so that's my little rant there so
0: (laughs) so (laughs) i'm going to be
2: uh (laughs) i'm going to be reading a quote from marianne williamson that i love and i know you love it jennifer and um There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We're born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And we are liberated from our own fear our presence automatically liberates us jennifer any thoughts about this any of this that well you know joyce
1: that's one of my favorite passages of all time it's just so powerful yeah um it's just so good you could just read it and reread it and dig deeper inside of yourself yeah. um but it is a hard learned and hard earned lesson <laughs> For all of us to step into our full potential, right? That's what evolution and our souls require of us mm-hmm. in our earthly experience. I think that's what evolution is. Like we're always striving. We're always evolving to a higher consciousness, to a higher vibration, to get to our full potential, which is pure love. Um, the other day, I, I speaking of my daughter, I took her to see my dear friend Carolyn, who is a psychic medium. And I just loved uh, what she said to My daughter. You know, Carolyn and I have known each other for nearly 20 years. She has seen me through so many challenging times of transition and transformation over those years. And in fact, recently I ran across a reading on a tape, an old cassette tape. It was so old. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, She did. 14 years ago, just before my daughter's birth, I was pregnant at the time, and it was astounding to listen to it all these years later, because here I was, this young mother, I had one toddler and a baby on the way, I had no idea what this baby would be like, and Carolyn describes her to a T, so listening back to it, and having been on the planet with this child for nearly 14 years, it was uncanny. So this past Monday, Carolyn and my daughter met each other for the first time because my daughter asked for a reading with Carolyn as one of her Christmas presents, and we finally got around to doing it. (laughs) So since it was their first time meeting, Carolyn was explaining the premise of her belief system and her work. And one of the things she said was absolutely true and related to what we're talking about today, but what I loved about it was she was so clear and straightforward. And she simply said, and I quote, This is a school, the earth place, and it's a school we come to for one reason, and that's to eliminate fear. This is the plight of the soul. And she talks about the soul wanting to be like God and finding it's God's self. And um, she went on to explain that this is, is, um, you know, a time, our lifetime is we're given so many challenging experiences that force us to eliminate fear. And Joyce, many of us who teach these spiritual principles believe wholeheartedly that the antithesis of fear or the remedy, right, is love. Mm -hmm. These are the polar opposite energies. So to eliminate fear basically means that we replace it with love. And as simplistic as that sounds, I think we all know that it's no small task whatsoever. One of the most profound challenges is to learn self-love. It is only when we learn how to love ourselves unconditionally that we are truly capable of loving others unconditionally. But of course, many times we may act like we love others more than we love ourselves. But usually, if we dig deeper, that's love masked as dependency or accommodation, putting their needs Mm -hmm. over our own. And if you dig a little deeper than that under these behaviors, we will find fear opposing love that there is a fear of losing the person. There's a fear that we aren't as great as they are. There's a fear that we aren't worthy of their reciprocal love, so we must love them more, and on and on and on. So today in this show, we're digging a little deeper into the many faces of love, which extends way beyond romantic love or even self-love. So, Joyce, what do you have to say about the many faces of love to get us?
2: Go well, ahead.
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: See website for details. The aspect, the next aspect, it's just when you're saying how confusing it is to really dig down to what love is, and um, I know our friend Tom, who talked about this, the astrologer on his show, um, talked about being. He was very vulnerable, and he talked about that he didn't really know what love is. Not really pure love, not love without all these things that you talked about, because it, love gets really confusing. It's like mm-hmm. you love if these things happen, but if they don't happen then maybe you're not really, maybe that's not really love. So I'm sort of in there with Tom. I'm trying to dig down into myself. What really is love? And I don't know the answer to all. I don't know the answer to that. You know, I think I thought that I knew what love was, was in relationships, and I certainly know what it is with my animals, which is, a is you know, even stranger to say that I know what it, love is with an animal, but maybe I don't know what it is so much with that many humans but i know when an animal looks at me and we connect that we're actually engaging in absolute pure love and that seems to me what pure love is but with you know i'm just leaving it there i don't really know the answer to it and i'm not trying to say i do but you know i think it's an Mm -hmm. opening for a lot of people to think about what is love how do i really love do i love somebody with all these expectations and if they don't give it to me then what the heck i don't love them anymore so, just a question thrown out there, you know. So, um, so, I'd like to speak about one of the aspects of the many faces of love, which is deepening our spiritual love, which is a big thing right now. Um, I do believe that one of the core issues of our global wounding is the issue of feeling disconnected from God, goddess, consciousness, and, of course, nature that has resulted in many young and older people feeling isolated, alone, and disconnected from the world due to this loss of spiritual connection. And there are many teachers who think that we are really in a spiritual crisis, and that is mainly at the core of what all this is about, is that we've lost touch with our spiritual belief, therefore, we've lost touch of who we are. And we know that to be true on the planet for a lot of people. I also, on the other hand, do see an increase in people who are re engaging. We'll be right back and continue our discussion.
0: Your Conscious Lifestyle on Steroids. OM Times Radio. IOM FM. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of OM Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of OM Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community.
2: More than 24 million Americans have an autoimmune disorder, and that number continues to grow. I'm Sharon Saylor, and I'm one of those 24 million. To put that number in perspective, cancer affects about 9 million and heart disease up to 22 million. That's why I've brought together top experts and those thriving regardless of their diagnosis to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information. Join me, Sharon Saylor, Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio to find out how to live your life uninterrupted.
0: Have you or someone you love ever experienced a major loss? The kind of loss so cataclysmic that it divided life into before and after. The death of a beloved person or pet, the loss of a job, a health challenge, can leave us feeling empty, lost, alone, wondering if we'll ever feel joy again. Loss is universal. Grief is part of the human condition. But in our modern world, we've lost the ability to understand, share, and integrate our grief. We're expected to grieve privately and quickly get over it. This February 23rd through 25th, the Atlanta Grief and Law Center will be hosting a retreat that will allow you to fully feel, integrate, and catalyze your grief. Our retreat is called Heartbroken Open, Grief as a Sacred Path to Renewal and Rebirth. If you are grieving, or if you work with clients who are grieving... You'll find more information about this powerful retreat at com slash retreats or call 404-881-1322. America's wild Mustangs need our support more than ever. If you believe in the preservation of our iconic wild Mustangs and our wild places, now and for future generations, we invite you to walk with Wild Love Preserve. Founded in 2010, Nonprofit Wild Love Preserve has pioneered an innovative model in wild horse conservation, which has garnered national attention and is serving as a framework in the West. As a unique legacy project, kindness, mutual respect, science, and education drive Wild Love Preserve's mission to protect and preserve Western wild horses in their native habitats and nurture the legacy of respective indigenous ecosystems as an interconnected whole for future generations to equally treasure and nurture. Thank you for your action and for having a positive impact on our lasting wildness. Together, we succeed on behalf of our greater good and collective well-being. As a charitable nonprofit, Wild Love Preserve relies on donations and grants to fund our operations in central Idaho. Thank you for considering a tax-deductible donation to Wild Love Preserve. Please visit wildlovepreserve.org to learn more.
2: Welcome back. Before we left uh, for a break, we were talking about um, the point of loss of spiritual connection that in the world, there was a great gap of people, not feeling alone and lost and not having any kind of spiritual practice or beliefs that kept them holding on during times like right now, which is necessary. So, and I was saying uh, that on the other hand, I do see an increase in people who are re-engaging in spiritual practices like meditation, like Buddhism, like yoga, like shamanism, and, of course, with non-denominational services. I think it's a lot of the religions that have had issues of rigidity and belief systems that really don't support us to move forward. But I think there are plenty of people out there who want to go to a church and want to have that kind of support. And I, you know, I, I support anybody to do whatever they can to help themselves during this time, whatever supports them, go for it. So we just, we must re-engage with our soul and our spirit to get through this difficult period on the earth. I'd like to start with a passage from uh, A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson who's just such a beautiful author, writer, um, spiritual teacher, and activist on the planet. She really is. She's been out here for years doing this work, a very advanced teacher. You know, the world – so she says the world is in, is in the middle of a radical shift, that everyone is on a spiritual path, but most people don't realize it. The thought, The thought God holds of you – is like a star unchangeable in an eternal sky. Isn't that beautiful? We learn that the power that holds galaxies together can handle the circumstances of our relatively little lives. We must trust in the force that moves the universe in faith. Faith isn't blind. It is visionary. You were created in love as a child, Love is what we were born with. Fear is what we've learned here on the earth. If you go deeply into your mind and deeply in your mind, into my mind, we have the same mind. At our core, we are not just identical, but actually the same being. We are made up in the image of God. We're also made up of the elements of the sky and the galaxies. We're the same. We're identical. God is and always has been the energy, the thoughts of unconditional love. The divine cannot think with anger or judgment. God is mercy, compassion, and acceptance. The problem is that we've forgotten this, and so we have forgotten who we are. So a return to God, to goddess, to consciousness, is a return to our own selves, from a thought system beyond our own. She says a miracle is just a shift in perception when love reaches a critical mass, when enough people become miracle minded, the world will experience a radical shift. I totally believe that. No thoughts are neutral. There's no such thing as an idle thought. All thoughts create form on some level. It is we who needs to change. Not the circumstances in the world. They need to be altered, but only through us changing our perception will we ever, ever make these changes that we're looking at now. All that is real in our past is the love we gave and the love we received. Oh, that was beautiful. You know, I know, Mm -hmm. Jennifer, I know you have something powerful to share with us about love. Well, thanks
1: for saying that after you know i started off with a rant <laughs> um, i think just like everyone i'm always learning i'm always learning more and more about the power of love the depths of love the multiple facets of love um and i i do think that what i have learned over the years being challenged all the time especially with issues that i rant about it's because the reaction to what i feel like is so important to protecting out of love protecting mankind protecting our children protecting the earth that when it becomes a target for people being angry or shutting me down Um what I've realized over the years is I can't confuse liking someone with loving someone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't have to like someone in order to love them. (laughs) They don't have to be in my life. (laughs) I can send them love from a distance telepathically. (laughs) (laughs) So, But, you know, and I think that has helped me, um, in, you know, because I, I'm not an enlightened Buddha. I'm, 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 I'm a mere mortal who is seeking to know love all the time. You know, there's so many depths to that that I don't know that I'll ever know it fully, but I can sure aspire to it and continue to evolve toward it. Um, and so I, you know, I also think a lot about the Greeks because they have six different names for love <laughs> they have eros which is wow. romantic love or sexual passion right need i say more we we all know what that is mm-hmm. philia which is deep friendship a more platonic love ludus which is playful love and that one cracks me up i love it you know love should be playful <laughs> it's the flirting mm-hmm. the laughter the dancing the singing, you know um agape of course uh is the love of humanity or the love of everyone Uh, And that's the type of love we can send to people we don't like. Um, And and this is when we open our hearts, our minds, and our arms to the love of mankind, even when we don't agree. Pragma. It's a long-lasting love. This would be applicable to people who have been married for a lifetime or who have been close friends for a lifetime. There is kind of an understanding of sorts that allows for their love for one another to maybe fade into something less erotic and a little more practical, (laughs) which is why I think that might be why it's called pragma, because it's so pragmatic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then the last one is what I keep referring to as self-love, which is called I think it's pronounced phalousia or Phalacia. Anyway, I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I just think that the Greeks are so wise in these differentiations uh, and yet I still feel as though there is an enormity
2: to the... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride
2: and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus.
1: Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse.
1: With family. And I think that's why we struggle to ever really know it fully. We are Mm -hmm. trying to every day. We try to consciously catch ourselves and choose love over fear. And it sometimes to me feels like love is just a deep sea of infinite expression and possibility that we mere mortals may never be able to fully comprehend or experience in a lifetime. But we are called to explore those depths over many lifetimes. I think it's when mm-hmm. our minds become fixated on a certain reality when we struggle the most. And so to me, it's like we chose to get out of the sea of love and we sit on the shore for a second, simply overwhelmed by the enormity and power of that sea. So I'm kind of, I'm using like a, an analogy here. Um, but it, I think it, it helps me to navigate my own feelings. And so, you know, when we sit on the sidelines, our souls become stagnant, our minds become controlling, and our lives can sometimes become paralyzed. We literally start a slow death of the spirit. So we can think of it as the shore being the fear and the sea being the water um, being love. Even though the shore feels safer, we feel grounded. We can put our feet in the sand. We feel like we're in control. We like that our feet are firmly planted in a space that we can see and touch. But in reality, that's an illusion. Sitting on that shore is fear paralysis. And when our souls know that we have chosen the safe route, that comfortable spot that we're sitting in will wildly suddenly spin out of control. It won't be so comfortable for long. (laughs) Our bodies will start shutting down. Our money will stop coming in. Our relationships will start breaking down. And it is then the most challenging of all times that we must take a massive dive into the unknown, the sea of love. (laughs) We must relinquish control of the predictable space we are sitting in and jump into the emotional, per- perceivably risky waters of love. And and so what does that look like, really? You know, I'm using the sand and the sea as this this analogy, but what does it really look like? Well, for some, it may mean leaving a career and a steady paycheck to start their own business because there is something that they really love that they want to do and they want to turn it into a business. For others, it may mean leaving a stale marriage to begin a new life. For even others, it may mean moving to another state or country. This can play out in millions of different scenarios. I'm just naming some of the most common and challenging that many of us face. And yet, just like magic, when we let go of our comfort zone on the nice, soft, warm sand, and we jump into what we believe is an insane risk, those treacherous waters that look like they will swallow us whole, the sea of love, that is where the true miracles and completely unpredictable magic unfolds instantaneously sometimes other times a little more gradual but like all things in a world of relativity the bigger and bolder the dive the more extraordinary the magic (laughs) so um, I, I just because love as a concept I think is so overwhelming and because we as humanity tend to choose fear all the time I that's a more poetic or philosophical way to help us understand what we're doing and maybe I've just made it more confusing I don't know <laughs> hopefully not but anyway Joyce I know you you know you want to talk about loving mm-hmm. your body and I think that's really crucial so um,
2: yeah I do I want to say I thought that was a beautiful analogy um, I love that the sea of love I just Thank I don't you. know I can see that it's just a beautiful analogy to, to look at it that way so Okay, so let's talk a little bit about loving your body. And we, you know, we have talked about this before, but it's a big one. And um, I think it's a big one now with uh, all the suffering and physical things that people are dealing with right now. So an author that I recently heard um, who's doing, uh, talking about her book, um, Grenier Roth, who's the author of This Messy, Magnificent Life, uh, was speaking about the joy of truly loving and appreciating our magnificent bodies. And I love that word related to the body, magnificent, because it really is magnificent. So Mm -hmm. I think this book reminds me of how often our personal beliefs, our hidden traumas, and our social pressures shape our feelings about our bodies. It's In the United States, it's huge. It it may be huge in other countries, too, but it just seems unbelievably big in the United States where people, everybody's having to alter their body in some way. It's not perfect. Um, You know, it's never going to be perfect, but we just want bodies that are, you know, perfect. That's what we want, actually. So I say, oh, yes, this is the body you have been given, the one you were born in that's the bottom line like it or not it has served you for a lifetime just think how magnificent it really is even if it's flawed a little it is still magnificent legs that are legs that have slumped you around everywhere hands and arms that reach type hold backs that hold your body up even when it's too much to bear your body has been there for you for a lifetime Usually, we don't think about our body until we break something, get sick, or some part of our body does not function well. We don't feel gratitude daily for our bodies. Sometimes, maybe we never feel gratitude for our bodies. We don't appreciate our feet, our hands, our arms. So I say it's a time to reclaim our bodies. Our body is very important. (laughs) Your body is precious. It is our vehicle for awakening, first line. So treat it with care, says the Buddha. So after I was in an accident, I realized that it was what it was like to not have a good, healthy body, which I've been very lucky on my entire life to never really be that sick, just minor stuff, to have a really healthy body and to be physical. And then after, so I'd taken... I'd taken my strong, powerful body for granted. And there's no question that I had. Not always honoring it and not always taking care of it or putting the best healthy food into it. But over the last few years, I've started to realize that I needed to really take more care of my precious body and to honor it. So I started to do a meditation called Blessing Your Energy Centers. It takes you through the chakras where you bless each area of the body, your cells, your DNA, and each organ. Each hear your message. So if the message is negative, your cells hear the message and respond to your wishes. If that's what you want, that's what they'll do. If it's positive, your cells, DNA, and organs begin to respond to your healing message of gratitude, love, and appreciation. So, the question is, what if there was no one in the world who deserved your love more than you? What would your life be like if you really believed this, that you really deserved love in your body? Mm-hmm.
1: That's great. And you know, I relate to this, Joyce. I mean, my body has been my biggest teacher in this lifetime. So when we get back from a break, we'll pick that back up and continue talking Mm -hmm. about the many faces of love and loving our bodies. We'll be right back.
0: Free your mind with Ohm Times Radio, IOM FM.
2: Change and growth are part of natural life and also part of your spiritual life. Everyone needs support and guidance, especially during life passages. Upgrade yourself with the Ohm Times Experts program. With Ohm Times Experts, you have access to the best intuitive coaches, spiritual teachers, counselors, astrologists, and oracles. Our team was carefully
0: selected so you can trust. Find out more at experts.ontimes.com. Depleted by the rat race? Depressed by the attitudes of the human race? The book Honor explains why and how to transform your life from confusion and heartache to one that you most authentically desire. Join OM Times radio host Jennifer McKenna Weinbaum as she takes you on her journey from her darkest period to her happiest and healthiest life. Entertaining, enlightening, honor will help you find and maintain the love and light in your own life. Visit www.universalabundance.com to pre-order your copy. Hello, I'm Lisa Barry. Join me every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for Light on Living,
2: a chance to see new hear different and feel more as I shine the spotlight on all the ways to lighten the load of life's challenges. Light on living is your link to that
0: new way you're looking for, that new understanding that will enhance your life and that positive connection that will support your growth. So join me and you'll gain insight and start to see things in a new way that motivates you.
1: Listen, my life changed because someone was there to get me to use drugs. No one can understand. People think that having someone who will listen makes it better. I need help. I'm listening. I need help. I think that having someone who will listen makes it better. People understand. No one can get me to use drugs. My life changed because someone was there to listen.
0: Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to turn addiction around. Brought to you by the Ad Council.
1: Well, welcome back. We've been talking about the many phases of love, and Joyce, you bring up such an important uh, topic within this topic about loving our bodies, and and I agree with you wholeheartedly. This is a huge issue in our culture, and um, and so we're we're talking about it at length here because you know if we can't love our bodies, then <laughs> what can we love? No. <laughs> um, yeah. And yet it's a real struggle, right? And, and so I was starting to say before we went to break that my body has been my biggest teacher in this lifetime. I've, I've managed some form of chronic illness at nearly every stage of my life. As a child, I had to be injected with an experimental vaccine nearly every week for six years in order to rebuild my immune system. And as a young adult, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. In midlife, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and psoriatic arthritis. And even today, I'm still mending my body from an injury at the gym, which I haven't been back to now for five weeks And for someone who is going nearly every day, this is a real mental challenge. (laughs) Uh, What I've learned over the years is that my body isn't just sensitive to the environment. You know, a lot of people think that their body breaks down because of a virus or, um, you know, something in the environment. But for me, uh, my body has been the most sensitive to my mind. The more evolved we become as humans, the less our physical tolerance is of fear. And the more our bodies demand love if we want to function and be healthy and have vitality <laughs> so now you know because i've been working through this evolution this transformational process for so long if a little fear comes my way it has a far more powerful impact on my life than it used to and If my mind doesn't recognize on a conscious level that fear is creeping in so that I can make that mental adjustment back to love, my body will absolutely shut down to get my attention. I also think this is a major issue um, culture-wide in terms of chronic illness. And in fact, I was at the Capitol just yesterday with a dear friend who is a professional patient advocate, and she's been dealing with unspeakable illnesses uh, for 50 years um, maybe not quite that long but close um, and yet in the midst of her physical challenges she is down at that capital every session advocating for patient rights to have access to medication that they need access to services that they need because as simple as that sounds they don't get it they don't get that access without her fighting for them. So I realized when I was down there, once again, that the world at large doesn't honor our bodies. It doesn't. It doesn't even understand chronic illness, much less set up to help nurture our bodies and prioritize our health. So, you know, when you look at the grander scheme of things, even all of our systems, our industries, have been set up to literally fail us. They, you know, you'll hear, if you're going mm. at the Capitol on one of these issues, you would hear testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of people who are dealing with catastrophic chronic illness. And they simply cannot get access to the care they need because of the insurance companies dictating a protocol that doesn't mm-hmm. work. And then the one illness becomes another illness becomes another because they're not being able to treat it appropriately. It is sad and it is literally sickening. I mean, what I mean by that is it actually is making us sicker day in and day out. And so I see Mm -hmm. this experience when I have these, I see this as a macrocosm of my own lifelong challenges with my health. It is forcing us all to love ourselves and each other, to love our bodies because there is nothing more important than our basic well-being. And so, you know, I was talking about the sea of love earlier because my mind always works in terms of music. Mm. So as the Beatles have always said, money can't buy us love. (laughs)
2: Mm. And
1: of course, you know me, Joyce, I always start by saying, can we at least agree to stop calling this issue healthcare? Because at the very (laughs) minimum, we need to agree that we are clearly there is nothing in this whole process or industry that is indicating that we care about health. So if we can't agree on how to solve it, can we at least agree to stop calling it healthcare? care? <laughs> That's how I get everyone's attention. <laughs> <laughs> but truly, Joyce, it's always it does always start within us as individuals and, and we talk about this, right? And thankfully, you know, you mentioned this before. We are seeing more and more people and even companies turning to yoga and meditation and other healing practices, um, and we are slowly but surely changing, we're seeing more and more evidence of love as we continue to experience the catastrophic impact of our collective fear. So,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Whew, it's heavy stuff being down there and, and being in the middle yeah, of all it that. So Joyce, what are you know, you know every week I rant, you bring lists to the table. What can we say? We're pro- <laughs> pro- <laughs> pro- <laughs> So I know well, you've got a list for us. And uh, and so what are
2: some things that people do.
1: can do to harness a greater love for themselves and their bodies?
2: I think these lists come from the years of having to work with clients as a nurse and always have to have like what can we do here to get you better? And, uh, yeah I and it's fabulous yeah comes from that thinking but I totally agree about health I mean it is not healthcare care and certainly with the clients that uh, I still work with mental health clients that is beyond that is beyond ridiculous what's out there for mental health uh, across the country and so that's another whole subject but um, mm-hmm. so uh, here are here are five things that I have made a list of to stop doing today if you want to truly accept and love your body. So the first one is stop blaming your body for the bad things in your life. And how many times have you heard that? I can't do this because my body won't allow it. Well, it's because your brain is telling your body it doesn't work like that. The body just doesn't do randomness and and put you in a bad spot. Something you're thinking or doing that's causing that. So it's not your body's fault. Instead, say thank you, body, for being with me on this journey. Thank you. That's the word. Thank you. Stop letting Mm -hmm. a look or a comment from someone else determine how you feel about yourself. I mean, that goes on all the time, particularly on, on Facebook and social media. That person probably wasn't judging you. You are judging yourself instead. Self, I forgive you. I send you love so the third one stop thinking you aren't in the body you're supposed to have Right? this is the body you're supposed to have you came into it you came into it you incarnated into this you're born burst into this beautiful body and you will leave this body so you are in the best body for you let your body be your teacher as you said and guide you to more love it's a great teacher more than most of us know, we could do a whole program on the teaching around the body and, you know, over our lifetime, what it teaches us. The fourth one is stop letting the number on the scale or your pant size define you. What matters most is how you feel, not how you look by a number. The last one is stop judging yourself by what you can't do and instead celebrate what you can do. Don't be so hard on yourself. The limitation is in your mind. Start saying, I can, and watch how your body will help you transform. So mm-hmm. here's my list. <laughs> I
1: love your list, Joyce. I do. I count on them. I love them. I think they're extremely helpful to our <laughs> listeners. Um, and I always agree wholeheartedly with, with what you put in your list so thank you for always bringing this to the table and I you know I would add that thanks to scientists out there who you know they broke out of their comfort zone they broke out of their own industry mold and they started exploring the healing power within us and so now we really don't have excuses because we have a tremendous amount of evidence and data that is proving the power of our thoughts on our physical conditions So if we're still making those kinds of assumptions or excuses, we're not paying attention because it's out there now. And I think that that's a real luxury Mm -hmm. compared to where we were, you know, earlier in our lives. It's been in our lifetimes that this evidence and this data has really come to the surface and been more readily accepted. Um, And so, you know, truly the bottom line is all matter, you know, all physical matter. Follows intention which means that all physical matter is shaped by our minds the thoughts and beliefs in our minds so the challenge is our ability to let go of antiquated beliefs and to dig deeper into our subconscious layers to find those hidden reserves of primal fear because the more we evolve the deeper we must go to uncover and release the fear that will always hold us hostage in our own lives. And the single most powerful way to transform that fear into magic is by replacing it with love, the many facets and phases of love. And it truly is the alchemy of life. It's why it's in every sacred text. It's, you know, everywhere. We all know the power of love. I think we have yet to even really experience the power of love. We're still uncovering it. Uh, and when we allow ourselves to acknowledge that we love someone, we free ourselves. And you know, so often um, we're held back. We won't acknowledge it. Well, what if they never love us back? Well, we hardly know each other. And it's the fear that they will not love us or that we are not lovable that will cause us to never break free in life in general. We must also allow ourselves to acknowledge that we love a hobby or a talent or a skill or a career path. And break free and follow that love we must also allow ourselves to acknowledge that we love the environment and all the many wonders of it Joyce you talk so much about this and I could not agree with you more so mystical and phenomenal Mother Nature and the animals and the sunshine and the grass and the birds and the trees and and not allow ourselves Mm -hmm. or others to take our clean fresh air land and water for granted We all must learn to express our love. So, you know, I think nothing manifests without action. Um, Now, you know, there are some people that are so telepathic that they can move things with their mind. We're not there yet. (laughs) Some people may be, and I applaud them, and I will come see you. (laughs) But for the rest of us, we have to take action. So it isn't always just about feeling the love and discovering the love and choosing the love. It's also about expressing it. And this often demands us to be more nurturing. We have to take better care of our bodies. We have to take better care of the earth. We have to take better care of our minds. We have to take better care of each other, being more compassionate. These all Mm -hmm. sound so trite and easy. But just look around at the state of affairs right now, and it's much easier to see how much we are collectively struggling to do these simple, simple things. And, you know, mm-hmm. much of the culture is still fixated on old beliefs like money and having a job as being more important. And so that's why we don't care about health, right? That's why health care is a farce of a word, yeah. because we're still stuck in collectively in those belief systems. And we're not going to get unstuck until we choose our health and our well-being. Um, as our high priority and so you know it, it this seems so ludicrous but honestly keeping a big company in business these days is more important than their ability for that company to serve us as its citizens so we're turning the world as we know it on its head as we choose love over fear and it isn't coming easy we can see this era is hard But we must all press forward with love over fear every single moment of every single day. So, Joyce, I ran across a journal entry the other day, and I wanted to read it to listeners. But if you have something to add before I do, please, I've been going on and on. No. (laughs) Go ahead. I can't wait to hear it. Go ahead. Okay. Well, the other day I ran across a journal entry and it happened to, I happened to run across it the same day I ran across that old psychic reading. So I thought, well, today's the day the universe is trying to talk to me. <laughs> um, but it reminded me of what I had learned in my darkest times that allowed for my life to be tragic, or er, tragically, magically, <laughs> the polar opposite, <laughs> magically transformed. And I'd like to read it to our listeners with the hope that it's helpful to all of you. So the journal entry was actually written on the 4th of July in 2012. I was coming out of, gosh, multiple surgeries. Uh, I was so depleted physically, financially, emotionally. Um, and somehow on that day, I felt liberation. I felt peace. And so I wrote down something that came through me. And it reads, literally reads, Independence Day 2012. To you, Jennifer McKenna Weinbaum, <laughs> speaking to myself. In capital letters, do not ever forget again. Number 1, to honor yourself first. Number 2, to ask God, Goddess for exactly what you want. Number 3, to be grateful for every molecular aspect of your life. Number 4, to listen to your gut. Number 5, to stop everything going on in your world to listen. Number 6, to throw affection at everything that hurts. Number seven, to stop doing so that you can be, especially with your children. Number eight, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: to choose love, in capital letters, over fear 100% of the time. Number nine, to, in capital letters again, trust, love, and to walk in faith every second of every day. Number 10, to know without a shadow of a doubt that you will always have exactly what you need, exactly when you need it. These are my 10 commandments. And that's
2: the end of the journal Mm, entry. They're wonderful. Just beautiful, Jennifer. They're very pointed and very direct and clear that we could all take that list and and live with it you know it's
1: well I thank you for that and it's interesting to me that I had a hard time reading it because I want (laughs) to (laughs) cry so it's Mm. powerful coming through me I can feel it so thank you all for joining us today
2: yep absolutely join join us next next week. week yep